Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, Wizards fans? Just want to throw our sponsors some love before we get into the podcast. We're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas. Hard lemonades, hard half and half, hard peach teas. I like all of them. I don't even like iced tea or peach tea, but somehow you put uh, Stateside Vodka into these Surfsides and they're just all delicious at that point, so you can't go wrong. Also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, UFC, tennis, more. NBA, Australian Open, whatever you want to bet on, it's all there. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, with that, let's hit the pod. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Adorno. He's Jihadi White. The first domino has fallen here. Jihadi uh, trade this week. Danilo Gallinari are gone. Or is gone. Mike Muscala is gone. Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Livers, and two second round picks are in. I guess just initial reaction. What did you think of the trade? I like that trade. I like it a lot. We kind of give got given away two players who we didn't really get. A much use out of for some potential players that we can really grow with and with more upside in front of them than they have years behind them. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I think getting anything out of two guys that I thought you know would probably be bought out or throw ins for another deal uh, is honestly like kind of a masterclass. Uh, Gallinari was a great player for a long time. I think uh, you know his meaningful contributions to an NBA team are, are probably mostly over at this point. And it seems like they also kind of did him a solid too, because it seems like Detroit will buy him out and then he's free to go sign with whatever contender he wanted. He wanted to be with Boston and then the wizards couldn't buy him out and have him go to the Celtics. So by trading him first and then getting bought out, he could go back to Boston if he wants to. So it's like a roundabout way of sending a veteran guy where he actually wants to end up with assuming he actually ends up there. So um, it's never a bad idea to try to do solids for players like that, I think. And hopefully other players remember that the Wizards are a nice organization. So um, I don't know. It, it seems like a good move all the way around. If you're Detroit, you get off some bad money. And I don't know. I, did you ever see Bagley around the AAU circuit or anything like that? Um, have you been around him I, at all, John? So I've seen Bagley a lot, right? Right now, especially in the AAU circuit, he was a top guy. Yeah. yeah, he was such the top guy that Nike pretty much gave him his own EYBL team, right? Oh, wow. Which is what, that he could play with all of his uh, teammates mm-hmm. uh, from Phoenix area because that's where the team was out of. Mm-hmm. Um, but and his father was a coach, so Bagley was that much of a high prospect in high school, one of the top, and he was a really great player. I mean, he's a he is a great player. Yeah. I mean, he had he can play outside, inside, get downhill. He has a lot of attributes to his game. It just seems like 
so far in the NBA, he just hasn't been able to find his footing. Mm-hmm. So it's all about how much he can grow because he, he has so many, so many facets into his game. How much can he grow into the into that into that player in this type of situation? So you do think there's more there that we haven't been able to see yet, just based on the role and the fit and things like that in Detroit? There's way much more than what he's given Detroit, than what we've seen in Detroit mm-hmm. in when backing his game. I think it's a confidence mm-hmm. thing. I think it's uh understanding that you just can't you're not gonna come to the NBA and just be the man right away like you were in, in high school and like you were at Duke. So yep. And and long as he have the right coaches around him to help him grow and his growth, he 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 has more potential than he does, um, you know. Years left, you know, so many years left. Like the guys we got, you know, we got rid of. You know, it pretty much had they 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 kind of you know more on the tail end of their career. So we're trading for guys who we can grow into something and still have have a lot of upside to them. I think Bag- Bagley has a lot of upside. I think he could be one of the top players in the league if uh, given the right situation, given the right people behind him and given him putting in the right amount of work and understanding. And Livers, I mean, Livers, I think he also is um, has a lot of potential too. To me, he's a, a poor man's Clay Thompson a little bit. I like that. That'd be nice. Um on Bagley, my wife will back me up because she got annoyed by our DVR being full of Duke games his senior his freshman year at, at Duke because I watched every game that they played because he was must-watch TV as a college player. And it's become funny to kind of joke now about, oh, well, you know, he went ahead of Luca, like what idiots. But there's a reason. Like he was really good. And uh, I definitely think there's more there. You know, I it's hard in today's game if you're not like a true center and you don't protect the rim and you don't shoot like, but it doesn't mean you can't contribute. And I think um, with Daniel Gafford likely to miss this next game with a concussion, we're going to see Bagley like right away, just like throw him out there, give him some minutes. And uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll know a little bit more about what we can come to expect from him on the wizards. Um, I think you got to po- Right. Yeah. I think you have to understand Bagley's game as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I don't believe he's a true center. Yeah, I think he's more of a four, ideally, for sure. Yeah, like he's quick. He can beat guys. He's got a good first step. Like he can get by other bigger dudes, and um, if he can stretch the floor a little bit more than we've seen, he becomes even more valuable. I think so. You could play him at multiple positions. Right. So I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's going to be the defense for me. I, I, I don't. I haven't seen him play a, a whole lot so far. It doesn't mean that he can't. It seems like he has the physical tools too. So um, hopefully that's something they can kind of reinforce with him and we see a little bit more of that. Yeah, I mean, it is. I don't, I, I just, just like you, I don't really see him, his his defensive emphasis yet in, yeah. in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of time the NBA just doesn't, and ask for that but now you you know in certain situations you're going to need it from certain players especially if you're that Gafford is out and Gafford it really is a rim protector you know yep. he's a definite rim protector so they're going to measure what Gafford 
Stafford brings compared to what Bagley, if Bagley, yeah. if Bagley doesn't bring that, right? That's yeah, going to be the, that's going to be exposed right away. That's going to be that's it's going to be stick. It's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I, I think you have an immediate role to ask him to come in and fill with Gafford out. Like, do what Daniel Gafford did for us: protect the rim, you know, uh, switch if you need to, but mostly you're going to play some drop, and and we'll just start from there, and then see what we can build out from there. Um, yeah, but you, I think, sp- I think you automatically, ex- I think you automatically expect a little more scoring out of the back. You know? Yeah, for sure, he's got way more post game than than Gafford does. I, I get, I still get a little nervous sometimes when they they give Gafford some of these post ups. Right. Uh, that that's definitely true. Um, yeah, I agree. Monumentals, Bijan Todd, my guy, went and asked a couple of really good questions of Monty Williams about uh, what to expect from these these two new players. And on Bagley, he said he's got a lot of talent and is searching for a consistent role to go with his talent. He's worthy of that. And they just had poor roster construction. And you know this better than anybody, right? Like a lot of this is opportunity and fit. And he just never really fit with that team. Uh, so Sometimes guys that people give up on them too early and they get cast off as, oh, this is what he is. We've put him in a box. But, you know, give him a real fair shake here and just see the full extent of what he can do. And then you decide if you want to keep him or you move him. Uh, but th- this should be exploration time for us, I think. But where where is that to fit in Detroit? That's what I mean. There, there isn't. Like, what's <laughs> like, this to do you fit in in Detroit? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Are you going to play him next to Isaiah Stewart and James Wiseman and all these other huge dudes? Like it, it just Jalen Duran. Like where where are you going? Right. Yeah, yeah, to so me, it, it's the system. I didn't really understand the system. Then it seemed like Detroit mm-hmm. was playing too many of the same type of players. So, yep. you know, if you play a specific style and you need a team that that needs a lot of different pieces. Your style, this style, and build around those styles. Detroit wouldn't fit you anyway. So I don't think we got a fair shake of really seeing Bagley anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 percent with you there. Um, in the chat, uh, Ratchet Glitcher 09 asked. People seem to think or act like Daniel Gafford might get traded, especially since we traded for Bagley. What are our thoughts on this? My just my take. I don't think picking up Bagley has any bearing on what they do with Gafford. If they get the right deal for Gafford, I think he might go and they'll just, they've shown that they're okay without going with much of a center rotation. Um, and, and you maybe you see Bagley play more at the five uh, without Gafford, but I, I don't think because they brought in a big, we're definitely going to send out a big or anything like that. Well, well, we did send out a big. We sent out two bigs. I we mean, sent but, out a backup. But, yeah, I meant if we traded, so, I, I don't think bringing in Bagley means we'll get rid of Gafford. That's all I'm saying. No, I agree, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. But then we also did send out a big. To me, Gafford, one would end up being a good backup for the other. I don't know which one, which way around it looks like. It seems it, yeah. it all about how Bagley fares out. Mm-hmm. But Gafford probably would end up being a good backup for Bag, Bagley or the other way around. Right. Um, but you know, just by reading what's out there, they're not going to give, they're not going to give up a lot. They're not going to just get, take anything for Gafford. Yeah. Like, you know, they they expect a lot to give him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I I think I would not be in a hurry to move him and we'll, we'll get um more into the Gafford one here in a second. I, I want to just one down one more thing on livers. 
Uh, Monty Williams also said that Livers has a bright future ahead of him. He's a much better, better shooter than he was able to show with us. And he started out red hot as a rookie, was okay as a sophomore, and then this year had not been shooting particularly well. For me, I'd like to see him get back to just rookie year role, 3D, do those two things really well. But they asked Livers what he thought this trade meant for him, and he said that he'll be able to come in and expand his game in D.C. in ways he wasn't able to in Detroit. Obviously, everybody already knows me as a 3 and D guy. My next step is putting the ball on the floor and playmaking. And he just kind of talked about like how he's going to show that he's got a bag and stuff like that. That makes me very nervous, to be honest. Like, I, I don't actually know for sure that you can do those two things. I would like to see you start with that. We don't even let our top 10 pick show that he has a bag. I don't need Isaiah Livers to come in here and try to like ISO cook people uh, on the wing here. I mean, I, I give him some minutes, but uh, I, I would just slow your roll a little bit, young fella, I think would be my advice to him coming in. Yeah, I mean, guys coming in are, are very ambitious about what they can do and how mm-hmm. much they can grow. But you have to understand what you want to do and what the team wants you to do. Yep. Complete can be two different things. They brought you in here for specifics. For sure. Right. So we need those specifics, those specifics from you first before we start, you know, before you start wanting to look, we brought you in here from what we know you can do. Yeah. Now the extras will come along in time. Right. But make sure you do first what they know you can do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm you you read my mind there. It's like just let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. We'll get to that. You know, it's, it doesn't need to come out of the gate day one of of you being um Kyrie Irving, you know, on, on the perimeter here. Yeah. Uh but, right. but we'll see how that uh that plays out a little bit. They mentioned that Isaiah Livers we, we, we need him to help out Pooh since they were teammates more than he trying to be Pooh. Uh, we must have ESPN or something here, uh, Jihadi, because that was literally what I was just going to ask you. Uh, they were college roommates. Liver said that if he had a best man, if he got married right now, it would be Jordan Poole. Uh, th- does this help? I mean, I, I definitely think Poole being here helps Livers get acclimated. But does Livers coming in help Jordan Poole feel more comfortable? Because it, it just seems like maybe he hasn't totally fit in or meshed well yet. Does having like your guy on the team kind of make you more comfortable? Absolutely. I mean, you bring your good, your best friend in there. Like you said, that's your best man. I mean, that's your best friend. All right. Yeah. Um, it will be. It just, it's just in that friendship, which one is more the voice of reason? Right. Right. And every friendship yeah. is more of a logical one, more of a voice of reason. What type of friend are you? You know, are you the I type of friend? Cause like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of friends tell you, are your friends because they don't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you yep, what you yep. need to hear. Yeah. Right. Sure. Is that the type of friendship they have? If so, yep. who's the one? Hopefully it's livers. If so, <laughs> that can really be that guy to help Jordan Poole out. And then another reason, maybe they looking at it like, Hmm, how can we get Jordan Poole, help Jordan Poole to become a better version of himself? And did they went and got his teammates? So it may be something that, that was calculated by the Wizards. Yeah, I, I had that same thought, and I actually hope that's the case of, like, if he's going to be here for a while, we can't move him. 
let's do everything we can to try to make this work. And when they saw maybe Livers is one of the guys available to them, it's like, okay, maybe he has a little more extra value for the Wizards than he would for some other team uh, as a throw-in. So um, yeah, uh, David S. in the chat asked if Livers is a forward. I think he's a wing necessarily. Like he's a he's a three, maybe sometimes four, um, but maybe guards a couple twos. That's how I would look at him. Uh, and then David A. asked uh, about Bagley. Would love to see some low post touches from Bagley. How good are his hands catching in traffic? Things like that. Um, and any thoughts there, Jody? I thought he had good hands in college, but I admittedly have not watched him as much in the pros. Well, we we haven't really got to, got gotten to see a lot of Bagley in the pros. In in mm. college, he had great hands. He had great instincts. He could read. He can he can function around a you know quick. He got had really good feet. You know, good touch around the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, in 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 high school, same way. So those are those are things that a lot of guys his size really don't have. So he has all those little intangible things that you really need out of a guy's size. We just haven't gotten a chance to really see him really dig his feet in the dirt in the NBA. Yep. So th- this is a theory of mine and Bagley's a good guy to test this out. And some, I would definitely love your feedback on cause you would know this better than me. But um, one of the comments or criticisms I've seen about Bagley is that he just doesn't seem to have very good uh, like basketball awareness defensively. But I know he does offensively. And to me, I feel like if you know where to be and how to manipulate a defense as an offensive player, if you want to, you can do that defensively too. Like if you understand the feel, you know, you have feel for the game and you understand the flow of the game. It, it's just a matter of like how hard you're working to apply that. Does, does that make sense to you? Like, or am I off base here? You're right on. Bottom line, Jordan Poole knows how to stop every move that he does. <laughs> right. He knows, yeah, exactly. He knows right. how, he knows stop how to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Every every ball player, good ball player, knows how to stop every move that they have because that's why they have the move. Mm-hmm. Because somebody was stopping something, they had to create a counter. Like something you, they weren't they weren't able to get something off, so they had to create create this to get it off. So they had to really, literally, go back and go into the lab and create something. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have the instincts and and the IQ to create your own game off of all the ways you were being stopped, then you that's more information. You know how to shut more things down in the game. Right. Yeah. So the guys who are not good at defense, that's because they hate it. Right. They just don't, yeah, don't want do it, to. Right? Yeah. Some people, some people hate defense. Defense to some players is like sweeping the floor. It's a chore. Yeah. Washing dishes. Like, do you like to watch? Some people look at it that way. Some people look at it as work. And some people yeah. look at it as, fun like some people take it take mm-hmm. that challenge on as fun defense probably is probably the hardest thing for coaches to make players do that's why in practice most teams do are 70 percent defense go 70 percent of their practice is defense mm-hmm. because it's the most it's the thing that you have to it's program tedious. into players yeah. yeah it's tedious it's, 
you literally have to program it into players. Mm. Every player want to hoop. Every player want to put the ball through the bucket, right? So, right, right, yeah, yeah, I'm with. So, you. so with Bagley, it's it's like go back to your question. With Bagley, it's about just wanting to. I think it's about wanting to because he knows how to stop everything he can do. Mm. Yeah, and he's got a, a deeper offensive arsenal than a lot of guys, especially in the post. So, you know, he he should have and more to apply. About, yeah, and it's about being proactive with reads. Hmm. Right. It's about it's not being it's not reactive and it's being proactive. Okay. Oh, it's a, it's a, I see if the ball goes to the left and the guy owes the screen, it, the problem it's it's only three possibilities that could happen. Let me yeah. prepare myself for all three possibilities now before they even they even happen. Now I can be there, I can be there a step early before the, everything happens. I can just shut it down. So it's about preventing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Instead of reacting. You, you always hear coaches say, like, do your work ahead of time, right? Like, by the time the ball gets to the guy you're guarding, you're already kind of too late. Do your work early. Yeah, I love that. Uh, just this move in general, this is a summary from Bobby Marks, but Washington, just since last offseason, has now acquired one first-round pick, four first-round pick swaps, and eight second-round picks. So eventually here, we will just own all of the second-round picks until the end of time. Um, so we'll see how the rest of this deadline plays out. But uh, just – I want to just get into some trades here and and who's on the trading block and all that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the ones um, that was thrown out here by Sam Vecini of The Athletic uh, was uh, trading uh, Daniel Gafford to the Boston Celtics. And he had the Rockets involved here and some stuff like that. But essentially, the Wizards are sending out Gafford in his trade, and they're receiving back the Celtics' first-round pick for this year. And some salary, like a Jock Landau from Houston or something like that. Uh, the Celtics will probably have the best record in the NBA. So it's the 30th pick. To me, once you get to like pick 30, it's kind of a crapshoot whether that guy sticks, at, especially as a rotation player, let alone like at least a fringe starter like Gafford is. So uh, Gafford's young enough. His contract's not bad. To me, there's no world where I would be trading Gafford for the 30th pick in the draft and salary. That's just my take. What do you think about that, John? Not in this draft pool this year. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's even worse. It's like the 40th pick. Yeah. Yeah. This draft pool just don't, it's not impressive. It's not, it's one of those years you just really don't see an impressive draft pool coming from college. So your 30th pick this year would be a low second rounder. Yeah, I think so. So no, I wouldn't. I agree with you. I wouldn't at all. Like there are certain guys I would maybe consider for the 30th pick. It's just not, not Gafford. And uh, Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report said that while the Wizards have some intriguing trade candidates, including veteran guards, Tyus Jones and DeLon Wright, they've quote said a greedy asking price for Daniel Gafford, who was on a multi-year contract. Pincus explains that it's not meant to be a shot at Washington. It's simply a reflection that the team would need a significant return to part with the starting center. It was under team control through the 25-26 season. Thank you. That's the way they should be approaching this. There's no rush to do it. You could move him in future years. But if you get the right deal and somebody's willing to throw a couple picks and a young guy at you or something, you know, I, I would trade my mom if I had to, if it made the Wizards that much better. So they should at least consider everything for the right deal. I think that's the right mindset. It's it's good to talk 
about Gafford and his weight, you know, yeah, because he's got value now, right? It, it, it was at a point to where I would have got I would got rid of his ass right away, right? He would be gone, <laughs> but now he's really coming to he's really coming into himself, and yep. and he's setting he's literally setting records, you know, um, organization records, franchise records. So no, no, you're not just going to give him away for free, and if you giving him giving him away, that's this is one of our prize players that listen if you want him you better you we're going to be asking for a lot for him yeah exactly um like and then you at least start out that way i mean every team posture so you got to set the price higher than you're willing to take and uh if you're willing to entertain the 30th pick then then you're going to end up getting like a mid-second round pick out of it so uh uh, he's he's of the guys we talked about this before you can't trade cool bali I wouldn't be in a rush to trade Denny given the contract and the values given this year. Same for Gafford. He's young. He fits the timeline. I, just the next guy here. I like Kyle Kuzma. Everyone listening to that knows that he's my favorite player on the team the last two years. Uh, I wouldn't rush to trade him unless you feel like you get like really good value for it. But I would still consider it. Um, he is a little older, you know, maybe he's less likely to be here by the time you actually rebuild. So, so that makes sense. And Brian Windhorst said that, you know, he's buddies with um, Michael Winger, so he can he's got some insight there that the Wizards essentially um, re-signed Kyle Kuzma with the intent on trading him. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody that he probably wouldn't be here for the duration of his four-year contract. But once again, it doesn't mean you have to do it right now at this deadline. So unless the deal is absolutely sweet, you, you, there's no rush. You're not panicking. There's no, like you have the leverage, I guess. Yeah, you do, and it's a note. It's a negotiation game. So, out of everybody, you you expect to get the most in return from Kyle Kuzma, right? I yeah, do feel absolutely. like they did sign him, sign him to trade him, mm-hmm. right? But I think they signed him to be able to trade him for a lot of leverage. He's their biggest leveraging tool. Yeah, I think um, so. So no, no, they're not, you know, they're not, but it also they have to play the game, you know, and, and that's why they're putting the information out there now. Hey, if you want this guy, you got to pretty up, pretty much give me half your team. Yeah. You better bring it. Yeah. Or it's going to have to be an even trade. I'm, I want your star for my star. Yep. Uh, Toronto basically, Toronto basically traded Pascal Siakam for, I think, and ended up being three firsts and a young player, essentially. I, I don't think Kuzma nets you that much. He's not viewed quite the same way, but can you get two first round picks and maybe a young player with some upside, like another reclamation guy, like a Bagley for that? Do you think that's on the table? I think he can. I definitely think he can. And 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 you're trading Kyle Kuzma for, for the future. Mm-hmm. But also, to me, you 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 got to get something in return right away with somebody who can also give immediate impact. Yeah. You know, this, so this, team, you know, I'm, this becomes I'm, a really I'm tough watch. If you get no one. Yeah, you can't get a no one. You can't just get first round picks. Right. Yeah, there's gonna be something with that. No, you got to get you got to get somebody for the immediate impact. That's 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 worthy. Worthy of the trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Um, ESPN's Bobby Mark said that Kuzma's on a great contract. Uh, 
he has more value than Pascal Siakam and Zach Levine. I, I don't personally buy that teams would view Kuzma as more valuable than, than Siakam, just given age and production and things like that. But uh, the Athletic had him fourth on their basically trade value rankings behind DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, and Zach Levine. I think that's probably pretty reasonable. Siakam came I, off that list because he's already been traded. I think but, that fits. Yeah. Yeah, that so, fits. That's about right. I, I would I would agree with that. I would put him in the same in that same position, about four behind behind those. I don't think mm-hmm. he's with Zach Levine or Pascal. I don't think he's that that high on the level. But um, so, yeah, I would put him behind the Rosen. I, I think that makes it's at least a reasonable enough move. And the next guy, I, I don't think he should be that much further down the list, just given the names we've heard so far. Is Tyus Jones? Like I, I think there's some team out there that is going to say. That's the bench piece we need to make us a title team. And I, I'm not sure which team that is necessarily. Again, Bobby Mark said he has a tremendous amount of value to playoff teams out there. We can go through the list, whether it's Miami, Minnesota, Phoenix. He has value. The question becomes, what do those teams have to trade back to you that you want? And uh, Dave McMenamin, also of ESPN, mentioned that the Lakers were in the market for a point guard help and that Tyus Jones and Colin Sexton were the names to watch. So. Again, could could you get a late first? I don't even know if the Lakers had this to trade a late first. And Jalen Hood Shafino or one of the young guys that had been recently drafted by the Lakers, like that would be interesting to me. Again, don't like Tyus Jones, you probably have to trade just given he's probably not gonna resign here and he's an expiring contract, but it also doesn't mean you have to take crap back either. And we know Phoenix has nothing left to trade us, so like a team like that shouldn't even be on our call list. You you just yeah. immediately hit hang up if you're Will Dawkins. It's nothing. It's no. It's nothing to talk about for Phoenix. <laughs> right. But also, Tyus Jones. I don't know if you. What are you looking for from him? Like, does did he raise his value this year? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I think so. But did he raise it as a as what you look looking for from a point guard perspective? No, pro- probably I, not. I, I mean. I, yeah. well, Right. So, yeah, I would I would want I would Tyus Jones, the type of player I would want before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm going to need him to put the ball up. Yeah, he's coming in to be like a bench scorer for some team, too, and move the ball a little bit. I'm going to say, Tyus, no, I'm gonna need you to, you know, I'm going to need, you know, not I don't need you to force any shots. But if you open score. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. not a point guard. No, it's it's, That's it's not a point it's an undersized so two guard. So what does that type of player fit? So what does that type of player fit? In, in, I mean, in what yeah. gene? So now, you know, I could sell him as a point guard because right, his numbers look great. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, you know, if a player player better know, you know, know what type of player they're getting. Someone like New York that could use some bench scoring since they've traded out a lot of their bench players make some sense. Somebody like Milwaukee, they they need a little extra bench scoring and a little extra ball handling. Like those are the kinds of teams I'd be more willing to talk to, but you know, like what, what I don't Minnesota has some pieces, but I, do they make sense for us uh, or are they willing to give us a first round pick to do it? I I, I don't know. The market is going to be really interesting for him, I think. Uh, I think I think the market is niche for him. Yeah, like so, said, yeah, the market is niche for him and, and, and it really is. I don't know if the teams know that. 
Because Titus mm-hmm. don't, because of numbers and off, off, you know, highlights a little bit, you may look, see a great guard. But if you watch them this year, you you're getting a you're getting a you're getting a more of a um, you get more of a score. He's a microwave scorer. Like he's a can you come in and play the Jordan yeah. Clarkson role or Jason Terry kind of role? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, David S asked in the chat if Tyus and Kispert could be a trade package. I don't think Kispert is a name we've heard much of. I assume there's probably not much out there going on. A playoff team that uses could use some shooting, sure. It's just, you know, he's a valuable enough player for us on a decent enough contract, and he's young enough that he's gonna they're gonna want something back from him. So, what is a playoff team gonna give up to give you both Kispert and Tyus Jones back? I think that one's probably a little less likely. Um, and and they're guys that make less sense I mean, for you can't rebuilding. Give away teams. your foundation either. Mm-hmm. Like so, it, it, look, with, yeah, yeah. With the Wizards, almost everybody's on the trading block. It seems like, but I don't know if you can give away your foundation. There's certain players that's just they fit the right. They might not be your top players, but you need you need that foundation. It's more to me with the Wizards. It's not about the the foundation part. It's not about the role players. It's not about mm-hmm. the players who you know, our, our main players who can contribute off the bench. It's about our top players. Yep. Uh, getting some uh, Daniel Gafford hate in the chat, essentially. The truth said, hot take, Marvin Bagley will pl- replace Gafford as starting center. Gafford is the worst starting center in the league. Um, he's probably on the lower end, but I do think he's been better this year. And then seven five seven finest said, "I would trade Gafford for a heart first in a heartbeat." Uh, it depends on where the first is. The thirtieth pick to me in this draft, as Jahadi said, is, is not a, really a first. So I I would not do that personally. Right, and 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 then it depends on what you. So if you're saying do offensive rebounding, he's Gafford is not he's not giving you what you need as a starting center for our offensive rebound. He's playing very under par for a starting center for, for giving us offense rebound defensive rebounding at that you know mm-hmm. I think that's a major part for us now um, rim protection he's playing he's playing above board for rim protection right mm-hmm. um field goal percentage playing above board for field goal percentage mm-hmm. right so it depends on what you're looking for me when I'm thinking about a center, if if anything else, I'm looking for offensive, defensive rebounding, and rim protection, right? Yeah. And finishing around the rim. So he's kind of giving us a two thirds ish of the three way out there. of five yeah. of those. Yeah. 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 If you could combine him and Bagley uh, into the same player, <laughs> I think we'd really have something there, but. Um, maybe they can. I don't know because I'm. I, don't, I haven't seen any offensive, defensive rebound from Bagley lately yeah, either. So yeah. I don't know yet. That's fair. Yeah. I, what I'm in my mind yeah. view of what college Bagley should be as a pro, I just expect him to be a, a good rebounder. Um, right. I do too. DMV. Right. DMV for life asks, what could we realistically get for Johnny Davis? I believe the overall player uh, in the Wizards fan base that he is a bust. Could we get a second for him or just cut him? And Pierre Publico said, uh, 
Publico, I don't, I'm sorry if I pronounced that poorly. Um, no team in the league is looking at Davis, unfortunately. Yeah, I, Davis is only moving out the door here as salary filler in a trade at this point, unfortunately. Coming off the bench in the G League. Yeah, I forget. You're I, only putting up three points. That's tough. Yeah, I free up money. Davis just be just free up some cash. And not much, but, you know, at least free up some cash. Free up a roster spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a shame that that's where we've gotten with Davis, but it's just, um, you know, like there's no value that any team is going to see. There are certain guys around the league you'll say, this is a reclamation project that that I'm willing to take a chance on. There's nothing Davis has shown us, unfortunately, to this point, that any team is thinking, you know, that's the guy I want to go out and see if I can rehab. Right. That's yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, which is a shame. I, I do still think a lot of this is injury, but the shooting is getting worse again and the form has changed again. And it just seems like it's also pretty mental. So um I don't I hope they figure something out with him this offseason or or maybe you do move on. Maybe you just cut your losses with the money and you call it a day. So I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. Uh yeah. one of the one of the reported deals that's out here, Jihadi, that that I think has been strongly teased for a while now is that the Knicks are willing to move on from Quentin Grimes and they want to move out Evan Fournier because he's old and doesn't do much anymore, but he still makes a lot of money. So uh, the, the wording was funny to me that they're dangling as if it's a huge trade package. Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, and draft compensation for, quote, a considerable upgrade. Uh, Wizards fans have floated. Could Kyle Kuzma be their potential upgrade? I think the fit for him is a little weird in New York next to Randall and OG and, and guys like that. But um, is that a type of package you would consider for Kuzma? Like Grimes, who's a good young player, Fournier, who's salary, and, and maybe two first-round picks? Something like that? Nope. I wouldn't. Not I just – I don't think it's enough. And I don't think – even though it's – yeah, we're getting some youth – Right, mm-hmm. but I think Kyle. I, I I don't just don't think Quentin and Fournier are are high enough caliber in return. They'd probably buy Fournier out at this point. To be honest with you, like he's not going to give them a ton at this point. No, yeah, yeah, you're right, right. So he's on the end, and, and Quentin is just not the. I need. I don't need equal caliber, but I need higher. Yeah, I'm with you. It just it doesn't make sense to me from the Knicks perspective either. Like I said, like he's not the guy I would go all in for if I were them because it just doesn't fit. I would want another bigger guard to put next to Brunson if I, I were them at this point. But right yeah. um, now a smaller deal if like if they wanted Tyus Jones for instance as a backup guard off the bench and they were going to give me Grimes, that's something I would consider. Um, he's an right. intriguing enough piece to make. Makes sense for Tyus. I just wouldn't do it for Kuzma. Uh, Another sort of report out there um, that the Clippers are looking to move on from P.J. Tucker. He's not really playing at all for them at this point. It looks kind of toward the end of his useful lifespan as an NBA player. And uh, it said that the Wizards could be a landing spot for him. So basically they'd be taking him off the Clippers' hands in return for some kind of draft capital and then the Wizards would essentially buy him out to free him up to sign with, you know, whichever contender of his choice. Uh, you know, it depends on what we'd get back to take on that money. Uh, how desperate are they to get off Tucker? Can we can we milk a couple second round picks out of it? Then then I'd be willing to do it. Um, but 
I do like that strategy from them of if we're going to take on guys and bad money, you better give us some draft capital to do it. Yeah, because of the other reason, what's the purpose of doing it? Exactly. Especially you're not you're not gaining any. So what what's the gain from buying PJ Tucker out? Literally nothing other than yeah, freeing up a roster spot, which you could just cut one of your guys to do anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, you helping you maybe helping the, the Clippers out, but what's what what are we doing that work for? What's enough in your mind to make that worthwhile to do? Is is it I don't know? They give us two second round picks, and then that's worthwhile, or do you need a young player back from them in addition to that? Like I, I guess I don't know. How much do you need I, I back need, to take yeah. on bad money? I need a I need to gain. A little more. I mean, if I'm doing negotiations, I'm 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 looking for a a, a future a potential. You know, somebody like of like a, a like a bones like bones a, Island, a, a, for instance. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Exactly. Like some like a little cool like a little Bilal Kulabai. Not so much because that's that's a lot to give away for team, but. Someone with with a little more potential, you know. Yeah. Um, if I'm just going to help you, help you free, free, free up some money. Mm. Uh, Joe Swam said in the chat that you might get a month of PJ Tucker actually forcing his teammates to play defense, as Wes hasn't. So maybe PJ could. Um, if you were going to keep a guy as a veteran to teach people to play defense, PJ Tucker would not be a bad one to do that. The problem is he will not want to be here. So if he even shows up would be sort of the question. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the, that is the issue, but, but isn't PJ, PJ from DC, right? PJ from DC. Uh, I, you might be right. I did not know that if that's the case. Um, he went to Texas, but I don't remember where he, I think so. I before. may be wrong. I I will look this up in in real time here. Um, let's see. PJ Tucker's from North Carolina. Ah, okay, okay. Pretty pretty close. Same region. Well, he'd be close to home. Yeah, that's that might yeah, be, he'd be close to home. So, yeah, I mean, listen. If if I did have a vet on the team, you know that. Especially in practice, it would be PJ because he's gonna. He doesn't care. He 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 doesn't care about putting the ball through the basket at all. It's all, all about defense. Yeah. With a guy like Marvin Bagley, you you need a PJ yeah. Tucker to get in this yeah. about defense, right? So it's a good guy to learn like, from. Mike. Look, yeah. if I I would, you know, yeah, you may be able to can you know convert him over to to the you know uh, in player development. Yeah. Right. I. That's what I'd do with Anthony role. Gill at this right? point. Because we Every- need defensive emphasis. Yeah. Well, when the Knicks just released Taj Gibson for the last time, the reporting that came attached with it said that, but the Knicks, however, would be willing to bring him back in a front office or coaching staff role uh, should he decide to hang it up for a while. I thought it was funny that that leaked out as a part of the, either the Shams or the Woj report because it's just like, I don't know, do we need to throw that in there? But I, I'm with you. Like P.J. Tucker as an assistant coach, down the road makes sense. I, I just think he probably thinks he has, you know, one more playoff round to give some team or something like that. Everybody does. <laughs> they, they all think it right. Whether they do does, or not. But, you know, yeah. yeah. But those, those, those roles like that and those opportunities 
the coaching opportunities, it's good to get them if you got them, you know, so you can just go ahead and transition over. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I, we're talking about that with P.J. Tucker, like DeLon Wright has been a good defender in the NBA for the last several years at least, and and he's on the team and can't incentivize any of his teammates to play any defense either. I think he's another guy that's likely to move out the door, and, and I've liked DeLon for most of the time. We've talked about this a bunch. I like what Landry Shamit has given us, but he's probably a guy that's likely to move on. So I guess what, what do you see the value being for either of those teams? Are, are these guys that teams are going to want to trade for, or do they hope that the Wizards will buy them out? Like, I, you know, I guess, do you expect them to be able to get much back from either of those guys? I think you probably can get something for Shannon because he's young and he has, you feel like he got upside. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I don't know if you really would get a lot from him. You know, maybe it, yeah, I don't think you would really get a lot in return from him. Monte and, Morris got you know, two second round picks. Time, maybe maybe Wright gets you one, something like maybe, that. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Right. You know, because I mean, no matter what team getting, you know, is getting the line right, they're not expecting a, you know, they know what they they know what they're getting at this point. So they they're not willing to try to give up anything major or, you know, for him. You might, you rather might as well just buy him out. Yeah. It might get to that point where if he's happy being here and, you know, maybe you let him play for his next contract and actually get him some minutes and he can teach cool Bali and those guys more about some defense. I, you know, I don't know. He, he's not a bad locker room guy. I don't think like, he's a guy that's about defense. Though. It's, it's the, the, right? the, so you need like I'm, the difference between why we say PJ Tucker that could probably be you know play developer or something because you you understand he's he has he's he's boist he's boisterous he's vocal mm. he's demanding is Delon doing that piece that's right? the issue yeah. right so accountability just because you know defense don't mean don't mean you know you you can force the information it's a yeah, difference between Pat along who wants it mm. other than forcing it on everybody. That's true. You need yeah. somebody who forced the information. No, that's a great point. Yeah, he's probably not the guy in the locker room that's you know shaking somebody down if they're if they're you know getting beat all game. Or yeah, it's it's different, right? It's different type of personalities. Yeah, no, that's a good point, uh, folks. If you're still listening and watching at this point, um, hit that little like button for us on the podcast here. We appreciate that. If you're not already subscribing, subscribe wherever. And if you find yourself bored later today and you're on iTunes and you want to leave us an iTunes review, we always like that kind of stuff too. So appreciate that. Um, anyone else on this roster, Jihadi, that you think gets moved? Do you think there's any world where a, a Denny or Kispert move on? I, I personally don't see it, but I don't know. Could be alone there. I don't see a world where Denny moves on. I don't see a wor- world where Bilal moves on. To me, Kispert, even Kispert, I feel like even though he's kind of one of the Find that foundation right now, guys, that you can, you can de- get, definitely depend on and give you what you need. I, I think he's movable. Yeah. So I agree. Uh, the two, the only two guys that I don't feel like you really can touch is Denny and Bilal. Everybody else, you can roll the dice. Unfortunately, I think Jordan Poole is also untradeable at this point. It's just for the opposite reason, which is <laughs> not because untradeable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yes. But, yeah. you know, hopefully that changes, uh, you know, the second you half. You won't get of the year. back what you're paying for. Yeah, right. you won't get back what you're paying for. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. That would be tough. Um, mentioned Daniel Gafford. Uh, 
they added Hamadou Diallo to a 10-day contract, which was fine in a vacuum, but you've shipped out Gallinari and Mascala. Gafford, concussions linger sometimes. I think he'll miss this next game at, at the least, but maybe he misses the whole weekend. We'll see what that looks like. You've got Bagley coming in here new. Uh, no worse disrespect to Hamadou Diallo, but I would be trying to use that 10-day spot on another big. There's got to be somebody out there that they could bring in just to to eat up some minutes. I don't know. It's just really hard to play an NBA game without a backup center. And Patrick Baldwin Jr. has gotten some minutes as a, a backup big, but there's a difference between you know playing a few minutes off the bench as like the third big versus like I am now the backup for a week. So it's at least something I would be considering. If I'm Gafford, I'm going to make sure that that concussion re- definitely heals first. Yeah. I'll, you know, it because my value is what my value is. Mm-hmm. Um, Bagley, let's see what he can do. Yeah, right. Diallo, let's see what you, you can do. Mm. Now, now things start to get a little, I mean, things start to get a little funny, you know, maybe I can, I, I will rush myself, but it's you, you Bagley, I mean, um, Gafford doesn't have to rush the concussion. Yeah, he shouldn't. I agree. Right. Maybe and we see some we Anthony Gill off the bench or something. Going. Yeah, we still we still got uh, to me, I am gonna try on Diallo right now. He's like six four. I mean he's not gonna Yeah, he's not gonna um he's not gonna fill Gafford minutes, I would think. Yeah, well well I I, I what I would even give. Like I was still I was still try out those other opportunities because what it does now is say okay what do we have it gives the wizards a chance to kind of see what they really have what they're working with and then yeah. you know what what do we need to work with badly right away mm-hmm. yeah this this is the opportunity to find out I'm, I'm i'm with you the timing's actually not bad here just on the concussion thing jihadi and probably wasn't you know, a thing that people talked about as much as your day ever get a concussion from a basketball game. And did they even have concussion protocols at that point? They didn't. And you don't know that you have concussions. People weren't looking. A lot of concussions you realize you never had. Yeah. I, I went to, I actually finally went to the neurologist uh, and they tested it out. They told me Mm -hmm. I had six concussions. What did I get six concussions (laughs) during the game? You know, just so just because you're not passed out, I mean, this is not mm. football. So yep. it's, it's different levels and severities of concussions. Right. But concussion still, concussion can happen and you can completely still function. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I got elbowed by Shaq one time. I was going to say, that's that seems like I ran pretty up, good. Up and, I ran up and down the court pretty much blind for three oh, okay. to four times up and down the court before I could see again. And I didn't yeah. didn't want to come out, right? And so my my vision came back. All the little all the little starry things start to kind of dissipate, and I yeah. kept playing. Well, I'm 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 sure that's at least one or three combined of those six. Yeah, no it may have been all five. Yeah. It may be five <laughs> in one. You know, because but you know, and it's something I remember to this day. And, and, you know, and then when I was in high school, we was playing two on three, three on two. You know how you play that? And mm-hmm. Somebody threw the ball really fast. I didn't notice it. And bang, I got dizzy again. So I think yeah. those dizzy spells are considered concussions too. 
So, yeah. but you know, I think Bagley. I mean, um, Gafford is really, you know, when you really run into another person full force like that, mm-hmm. you know, that's a major concussion. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, surely see. So I, I, I believe it's a lot of basketball players. Yeah. Who have? You would be surprised. The majority of basketball players, if you put them through concussion protocol or test, mm-hmm. they have at least one to three. Yeah, I'm, that makes sense. Um, Shirley said in the chat, you never know you have them. I, I think that's probably more so true for for guys playing at your level, too. It's just like, hey, I got my bell rung. I'll, I'll play through it. Um, now I'm, I'm glad yeah. those things right. are a little stronger. And yeah, again, Gafford, get well soon, but not so soon. You know, take, take as long as you need. And what are we going to do? Like end up at the exact same record we're at anyway. So I'm, I'm right. no rush at this point. Yeah. Uh, Okay, uh, just kind of wrapping this up here. Let's see. Sir Knight also said in the chat, why not give another player an opportunity for backup center under the 10-day contract? I'd at least look. I mean, hopefully they're working the phones and and maybe some other move that they have on the table for one of these guys brings another big back. But, you know, there's there's at least guys I would have on a short list or maybe one of the G League guys. Um, you know, you, you consider that for, for just insurance and you get them a couple minutes. Um, I think it depends on how long Gafford is out. Yeah, me. that's going to be the question. Yeah, if it's a week or two, different story. If it's one game, it's kind of no point. Um, David A had asked us the other week here, how much do um one on work one on one work do players get with player development staff in between games? Any any insight into how much that might happen now? How do you, I'm assuming the younger guys do more of that kind of stuff than, than the older guys for sure. But how is it happening often? I think it happens outside of practice. That one-on-one stuff doesn't really happen in practice unless you, you create an okay. environment for it. All the mm-hmm. one-on-one stuff that I ever seen was, was somebody had the individual trainer there and you creating a situation to where you can build instinct with one on one. Like one on one work is great work, but it's uh, it's not something that most teams create. Not a lot of players love to do one on one right out the practice. That's something, especially the most competitive players and your top players. That's what they want to do one on one, right? Because that's those. The top players, they're fueled off competition 24-7. So if you notice on any team, it's those top three or four players are the ones who the top scorers or the guys who really can score, they want to do one-on-one all day. I would Allen Iverson wanted to play one-on-one all day. Michael Jordan wanted to play one-on-one all day. Richard Hamilton wanted to play one-on-one all day, right? It's, so it's just those – it's just that type of player. The Wizards have had a running game within their after their practices of guys rotating through games of one on one where Kuzma, Denny, Gallo had been playing for a while. I'm I'm not sure what the current list is, but those guys stick around after to do that. I, I think maybe more what he was asking is just how much individual um player development work is, is going on. Like is your specific player development coach spending an hour a week with you oh, working absolutely. on skill development or okay. A couple yeah. hours like so, what, so back how then. Much yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. That's what their job is. And back then, it probably wasn't even that much player development coaches. But yeah. Mike Brown back then was uh, was uh, 
work with the bigs, and and, mm. and he would get on our nerves because he wanted to be more physical than we felt like being at the time. We right. like, man, get your football ass playing out of here with all this yeah, begging around. and bagging, pushing, and you know, like we know how to we the game don't go like we like ain't nobody pushing that much when we play ball, and it was a physical game, but and it was mandatory. You had to stay back. You had to get the work in, and it, that's how it happens. Yeah, it's even back then. It was coaches allocated to a position, mm. right? So just now, this is the big man coach. This is the, the guard coach, part. right? Yeah. So when practice is over with, you stay in at least forty-five minutes with one of the coaches allocated that position, putting work mm. in. And yeah, when I got here, it was mostly Mike Brown. Yeah. Now it seems like then, I know then. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, no, I was just going to say after I, that, you know, you got you got it. Go ahead. Uh, the, <laughs> they they seem to do it less by position these days for whatever reason. To me, that makes more sense. You have, you know, if James Posey is on your player development staff, you have him work with the wings. But um, I, I I don't know the current assignments by heart this year. But in past years, it would be like. Beal, Gortat, and Otto Porter were all with this one player development coach. And it's like, that's three totally different skill sets. So it just seems like it would be tough for that player development coach to be like, all right, I can work on three different things with three different people. Yeah, but see, when you got Beal, Gortat, and when players like that with a player development coach, what happens Mm -hmm. is they start – we start training them all the different options in the plays that you can work together with. Okay. That, that builds you team wise mm-hmm. of, of what you can do individually within the, within the system, but okay. does it, it doesn't build you as an individual player. Yeah. Your own right? skills. Right. So now we can give you, right. So it doesn't build your individual skills. What it does is build, you say how these are your options within our system and, and you can work on all and gain all your instincts within the system. So most likely in that situation, it's a lot of Gortat and Bill doing pick and rolls and screen rolls a lot, right? There's all the options out here. You can pop. Now work with this. Work. And that's how a lot of people work with that. Uh-huh. Um, even now, that that's the new, new way of training. But to you. me, with that training, it doesn't build my natural instincts in, in any game situation. Just screen and roll situation. Right. Just one small facet of the game there, right? Right. Uh, that's really interesting. Um, thank you for that. Sorry, I cut you off there. You were saying back back um while you were doing it. Um No, what I was saying would what, what once you become more of a veteran player, mm-hmm. then you're to me once like we became more of a veteran player. In certain on on certain teams, your your individual work is up to you. I got you. And and right. all these guys have their own because trainer you know, now what, too. So. Hey, right. Well, there's certain players you just can't tell come down here and get working. Right. Yeah, that's fair too. You know, I, man. Like man, get, shut. Like man, get the hell on. I'm going to go in this gym. Mm-hmm. I got. I do my own work. What 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 the coach going to say? What the player development? <laughs> right. right? Yeah. But those young guys, you you. You're obligated. Hmm. That's pretty much mandatory. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Uh, speaking of some young players on their way up here, I read a really interesting article in the St. Louis Times Dispatch about uh, two young up-and-coming high school players in the St. Louis area, uh, Jamison White and Jihadi White Jr. And uh, they have a famous dad who played basketball at a pretty high level. So uh, interesting article to read about. But there's a quote in there. I got to bring this up. It said, one thing that they both agree on is that they are both better dribblers and shooters than their dad. Did that lead to any... Uh, you know, challenges in the, in the driveway when you get home after reading that, like they're calling you out a little bit. <laughs> hey, hey, it's true. Look, as a, as, as a father putting your kids in basketball, you try to do, you try to give them the main things you weren't good at first. So I was okay. like, look, before y'all, before I even teach anything that I know, learn how mm-hmm. to shoot and go learn how to dribble. We're going to find that. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> right. Let me let me put that in your toolbox first, because, I, you know, in these days you got to be able to have it. So, yeah, yeah they definitely true. worry. Then, you know, I I couldn't put the I still can't put the ball on the floor too well. <laughs> you know, you can still take and them in the post. Up, though, now right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm becoming a, a little much a little better shooter than I was. But, you know, you know, back in our days, if you can jump and dunk the ball and, and play five. Your coach will tell you dunk everything. And if you shoot the ball, they yell, they just, you know, it curses you out. So, you know, I did, I did what I knew to do. If you'd have taken a three in a game or pulled up in transition or something, how would John Thompson have responded to that? He wouldn't. Okay. You know why? Because the option wouldn't be available at Georgetown to ever do anything like that you wouldn't even consider it <laughs> right <laughs> yeah he would just know you know that's not happening, that, right? thought, that thought would never cross your mind that's awesome the only time you have that you even be able to do anything like that at george sound in front of for john thompson if the clock mm-hmm. was running out and you just so the ball so happened to come to you at the yeah. three-point line <laughs> yeah you're like well I got to, you know, that's the only shot you ever get like that. I, uh, this was under JT three, but, um, it was a top 10 matchup between Georgetown at the time with Roy Hibbert and UConn. And I had like great seats for this game. It's coming down to the wire and at the buzzer, they drew up a play to get Roy Hibbert, his first three pointer of the season to win the game. And you know what? I didn't see it coming, and UConn sure didn't see it coming too. It was just one of those things where, like, everyone in the place was like, "Wait, was that intentional?" Um, so times had changed, but it was just funny. It was his first three of the year, um, so it was an interesting time to to scheme that up. It would not have happened under JT two. No, no, it definitely wouldn't. Would yeah, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened. But what what everybody didn't know that Roy knew how to shoot that shot. Yeah, he I mean, he had touch. He could do it for sure, and he drilled it. Yeah, Roy had touch. Like he had a just as a good of a chance of anybody shooting that shot at the last second. So let's do let's give it to somebody they would never consider guarding or would never yeah. expect that ball to go to. Hey, saving it for a, a battle of top ten teams is a pretty good time to have something you know uh, saved away for a rainy day too. Yeah, I agree. Uh. Sir Knight in the chat asked why John Butler Jr. has not been given an opportunity to play in at least one regular season game. Most two-way players at least get an opportunity. Uh, that is because they waived John Butler Jr. from one of their two-way contracts. So 
They moved on him from him very briefly. Um, so their two-way contracts right now are Jared Butler Jr. and uh, Eugene Amarui and um, Jules Bernard. So they've got a guard, a wing, and a forward, essentially. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to see Butler Jr. get a few minutes uh, before they moved on to. So kind of disappointing. Um, Johnny, I think that's kind of all I had for you here. Any last shots, parting thoughts, anything like that? No, no, man. Good show. All right, everybody, stay tuned. We will keep you posted on all the latest happenings with the Wizards here. I think we'll probably have some movement and some more things to talk about. So uh, expect to see us breaking down some more trades here over the next week or two, I would imagine, as things heat up uh, going into the, I want to say, February 8th trade deadline. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Like I said, all that stuff. If you hit that little like button for us on YouTube, we love that. And uh, we're presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube